Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Well, are you ready for the word today? We're continuing in our series in Colossians. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Colossians 2, verse 1. This study through Colossians we're calling the devoted life. And our goal in this time is to inspire each of you to learn, to grow, and to devote your life to Jesus. Not just a relationship built on feelings or emotions or ideas, but a faith-filled devotion to Jesus. Colossians 1 and 2 really go hand in hand. And Wayne Character did a masterful job last week. Wayne Character, I love you, bro. Did a masterful job last week talking about the preeminence and the supremacy of God, how God is above all things. He is ruler over all things. And this week kind of ties off of that. Really, the whole message of the book of Colossians is about the fact that Christ is in all. That Christ is through all and he is above all. That he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are to set our affections on the things above and not on the things of earth. So let's read Colossians 2, verses 1 through 10. It says this. I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those in Laodicea. And for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Come on, he's, he set the groundwork saying, it's so simple, I just want you to be encouraged in your heart and be united with other believers and step into the complete understanding of Jesus Christ. In whom, everyone say, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Everyone say, in Christ. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Everyone say, in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Everyone say, in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces. Talking about basic philosophy of this world rather than on Christ. Verse nine, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness and he is the head over every power and authority. I wanna preach a message today that I've simply titled, In Christ. Turn to the person next to you, say, In Christ. In Christ. Let's pray over the preaching of God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and active. We thank you that these stories written thousands of years ago can mean so much to us today. 
I pray, Lord, it would speak to us. It would change us from the inside out. Equip us, Lord, to be encouraged in heart, be united in love, and to come to the complete understanding of who you are, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, amen, amen, amen. I've been into a couple of things lately. I've been on a couple of kicks. For the past couple of years, it was on Father's Day, I think three years ago, I got myself my first smoker. So on that first day that I got this thing, I really became someone who was into smoking meats. And I love the process of going in my backyard early in the morning, lighting up my smoker, seeing the clouds of smoke coming from this thing, getting all kinds of meat, throwing it on this thing. It's such an amazing experience. It really slows you down. And the end result is always pleasing. You know what I'm saying? Sorry to make you hungry this morning. I also really love, I've been into making coffee at our house. We have an espresso machine. And I love to get up early in the morning and sit at our espresso machine, wait for it to warm up, make myself some perfect shots. I weigh all the grounds. I do all the work to make it perfect. I'm, I'm working on my latte art every single morning. I really enjoy how slow it is to make a cup of coffee. It really makes me stop to contemplate, and it really grounds me, no pun intended. Uh. I really have been into riding my adult-sized scooter with my boys recently. I love going out with my boys. They got their little scooters and we're gonna go hit, you know, go around the block. We love bringing them down here to Tampa, going on the river walk. It's such a fun moment with my kids. I've been really into for a while actually mowing my own lawn. I know a lot of guys don't really do that anymore. I love mowing my own lawn. I have a riding lawn mower. I put my AirPods in, listen to a podcast. I'm out there sweating, inhaling bugs. There's nothing like it. But I love that moment because it really makes me stop. And honestly, as a pastor, uh, a lot of times when you're done preaching, there's not a whole lot of fruit in that moment to go, man, okay, all the work that I just put in this last week paid off right now. It's really like we're planting seeds and watering, planting seeds and watering. So when I get to mow my lawn, I stand back at the end, I look, I go, I did something and there it is. You know what I mean? It's a good feeling. I've been really into a lot of things lately. I have this little game on my phone. How many of you play games on your phone? Me by myself, thank you. But it's a, it's a skiing game that I got that I actually enjoy. Every once in a while, I jump on this thing. Why? Because it reminds me of home. It reminds me of the snow. And so every once in a while, I jump on this little skiing game, go down the slopes one time. reminds me of home. It's like a warm, fuzzy feeling. I've been into a lot of things. I've been into reading my paper Bible recently. I love being able to highlight scriptures right in, in all the different spots of it and just kind of make it something that I'm able to purposefully turn the pages and let it come alive to me. I've been into prayer walking. I love getting up in the morning and instead of sitting on the couch and trying to pray and doing the bobblehead, you know what I'm saying? I love to get up and walk around, be active and be able to pray with God. I've been into a lot of things. There's something I haven't been into recently and that's ASMR. Those people are psychos, okay? If you like... To watch these YouTube videos, you are crazy. That's okay. Let's just say, let's save that for later. It's interesting. I could keep going into all the things that I'm into. That word into means an object of interest or of attention. And this is such a normal part of our humanity. We find different things that we could be interested in or different things that could capture our attention. Even in our faith walk, we can be interested in or have our attention in the format in which we 
worship God or read the Bible. Some of you would come into an atmosphere like this and go, this is the only way that I can truly worship God. I'm into worshiping with other people. Some of you love to get up in the morning, crank your car stereo to 11 and sing at the top of your lungs. That's the only way that you're into worshiping. Even myself, I have different interests and ways in which I feel like I come to God. But the problem is, when we start looking through the lens of interest or attention towards faith, we miss the fact that our faith is never meant to be based on what we are into. Our faith should never be based on our attention or on what our interests are, but rather our faith should be based on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. See, with Jesus, he's not something we're into. Simply put, we are rather in Christ. Our preferences, our attention, our interests, our desires, our feelings, our emotions, our passions should all be rooted and founded in a place that is in Christ. You want to know why some believers can go through the hardest storm of their life and still have their roots firmly planted? Because Christ is what they are in, not what they're into. We got to be in Christ. Turn to the person next to you say, in Christ. Come on, into has a time limit. In is forever. Into changes. In is constant. Into is feeling-based. In is choice-based. Into is fleeting. In is established. We, as believers, are meant to be in Christ. Colossians 2, 5 through 7 is what I really call the scripture of Colossians. It's the foundational, highlightable scripture. It's one that you could get tattooed on your forehead today. I wouldn't recommend, but go ahead, whatever you want to do. And I want to pull this apart verse by verse and really begin to describe what's taking place here. Let's start in verse five. For though I am absent from the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how Discipline. Do you see that word right there? Paul delights to see how disciplined. Okay, not feelings-based, discipline-based. Not, I delight to see how into it, how the vibes are, how your vibes are towards God. Are you feeling good? Like, are you liking it? I delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. See, it's faith not based on circumstances or outcomes. No, faith in Jesus. Come on, somebody. So then, everyone say, so then. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. It's important to stop here and talk about that word Lord because that word Lord here actually means master. It refers to the authority over a person. It refers to really enslaving oneself to someone by their own volition. So you giving your life to Jesus back in the day was not just an emotional moment or response moment at the end of a service. It was a really a relinquishing of control of your life to experience the fullness of the Lordship of Christ over your life. And Paul says this, continue to live your lives in him. 
So this giving of our lives to Jesus is a continual thing. It's not just something you're into. It's something you are in always. It's something you do continually, meaning every single day we should wake up and say, God, be the Lord of my life. I submit to your lordship. You are the master. I want to be enslaved to you. I want to give everything that I am to follow you. This should be our cry every single day, continually. That's for everyone in this room. Some of you might go, oh, this this sermon, yeah, it's really simple. Let me remind you, every day, it's simple. We pick up our cross, we follow Jesus. It's a continual, continual, continual pursuit of Jesus. Verse seven, rooted and built up in who? In him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See, rooted really means to establish oneself to put your roots down deep and not be shaken and not be moved. You, you get life from that thing, but also I think the beautiful visual and what reflects on the vision for this year is that when you're rooted in something, you also produce fruit from something, right? And so we are rooted and established and built up in him. He is our foundation. Because of this, there's strengthening of our faith. And through that, we now have this overflowing of thankfulness. Come on, how could you not overflow with thankfulness when your life is founded on the rock that never changes, that never fails, that never fades? How could you not be thankful? We were on sabbatical the last three weeks, and I'm so thankful for our team that that absolutely crushed it while we were gone. Amazing people that, that brought the word. Casey, Wayne, you guys did an incredible job. Bobby and the team just really did an amazing job this week. We go on sabbatical for a couple of reasons, some of them being one, we always want to lead from a place of rest rather than leading to a place of rest. When you're leading to a place of rest, you're already burnt out. But if you're leading from a place of rest, you're leading restored, recharged, refreshed, and able to have great vision and perspective in a moment. Another thing that we want to do is we wanna be able to trust our team more. Give more people shots to be able to step into the authority of leading their role and not having to have a leader that they could lean back on. And so that's what happened this last couple weeks. It was beautiful. And it's also a time for us to get fresh vision, to get inspired from the Lord, to spend time in his presence without any other distraction, but just be with God and be with our family. It's beautiful. And thank you for that time. Thank you for allowing us to take that time. But as we were on our sabbatical, there was kind of a daily thing that would happen. We'd get up, we'd make breakfast, and my kids would always ask, Dad, can we go swimming in the pool? And so multiple times, I would go out there and I would get on a floaty with my kids, and we'd float around and we'd just be talking and playing and throwing balls back and forth. And I remember it was about day five, and, and Cove is laying on a floaty next to me. He's my six-year-old son, laying on a floaty. And he goes, Dad, and I go, yeah, Cove, I really love our life. I was like, oh my gosh. <clears throat> and I was like, oh man, I'm so thankful that you're so, you, you see that and you're grateful. It was a couple days later, we did a fire in the backyard. The sun was setting. Cove was laying on the grass and the smoke was kind of going above him. He just sprawled out. Our little puppy was next to him and he goes, dad, go, yeah, son, I really love our life. I was like, oh my gosh, so sweet. I love it too, buddy. This is a dream, right? Here's another marshmallow. You know, it's like <laughs> as many as you want. It was even a couple days later, we're on a family walk. We're going around the block. And Cove comes and walks right next to me. And he goes, Dad, don't you just love our life? I got down and I'm like, son, I am so proud of you. 
for being so thankful and for being able to voice this. And he said, well, it's just really good. <laughs> oh man, oh man. What if we as believers surveyed the land a little bit more? What if we stopped in moments and just remembered the mercy that we've been shown by our God? What if we stopped in moments and remembered when we're putting our hands to something that God has graced us for that thing? What if we stopped and saw the provision of God in our family? What if we stopped and look at our bank account, even if it's low, but said, God, thank you that I have food, money in my bank account today. What if we stopped and surveyed the land that God is our hope and the fact that we have hope? What if we stopped and surveyed the land that you have a purpose that you have a calling, that you have an assignment, that God has given you a hope of eternity. And he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be the light, that God wants a relationship with us. What if we stopped and surveyed the land? Can I tell you that when you're in Christ, when you are rooted and established and built in Christ, there will be an overflowing of thankfulness. Every moment of every day, every breath, God, thank you for that breath. Thank you for blood in my veins. Thank you for health in my body. Even in the times that we're sick, thank you that you have been my healer before. You're gonna be my healer today. Come on, there's an overflowing. In the good times, in the bad times, there's an overflowing of thankfulness that takes place when we are in Christ, amen? Colossians continues in verse eight. And Paul begins to warn the church against some heresies. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in the bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to the fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. I don't know if you recognize this in our society even today, but people get taken captive pretty easily by other people's philosophy by the brokenness of our society, by culture. We've even seen it in the brokenness of corporations throughout the United States recently, where they're following the philosophy of the world and making decisions that have been detrimental to their cause. All around, I feel like we as humans can be swayed so easily. We read one news article, we see one thing. I had a friend once who got sucked into a pyramid scheme and was told if he sells this many water unit things, this like these water machines, that he's gonna make thousands of dollars. Can I tell you, this guy lost thousands of dollars and has a lot of water machines, you know? We had another friend who once Amazon first started up in the Northwest, it's where we're from, he went and heard that he could start selling stuff. So he went and bought 20,000 pairs of shoes and he put them in an Amazon warehouse and he started selling all these designer shoes through Amazon. It was a couple months later that all of a sudden Amazon shows up at his front door with a couple semi-trucks and says, hey, you didn't sell enough. Here's all your shoes back. And so 10,000 pairs of shoes got dropped off on his driveway. And what he did is filled his whole garage with boxes. It was a couple years later, Brianna and I were over at his house for dinner, hearing of this story. And after our meal, he said, would you guys like to go into the garage and pick out a pair of shoes? I can tell you that was the weirdest thing I've ever been offered after a meal before. We go into the garage and there were racks everywhere, shoe boxes everywhere. And all the shoes were absolutely hideous. There was like a couple pairs of like boots that Brianna liked. But other than that, that was it. Like terrible, terrible shoes. 
I remember asking him, why did you do this? And he said, a friend told me that I would get rich if I did this, that I'd make it big time. And I, so I decided I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna go for it. Not with all, he didn't have all the knowledge. He didn't have any idea what he was doing. He just went on a feeling and just did it. And I think oftentimes this idea of being convinced by others is really how we can live our life. What other people say, how we see it, how the news says it, how politics say it. It's easy. And this is really what's happening in this setting in Colossae. There's a cult rising up of people called Gnosticists. And they believe this faith called Gnosticism. And it's really a deceptive philosophy. Gnosticism derives from the word Gnosticist, which means knowledge based on human wisdom. How many know knowledge based on human wisdom is not the right foundation? That's not rooted and firmly planted in Christ. That's on human ideas and understanding. It was really a cult that was rising up in Colossae. They believed that even though Jesus appeared to be human, he wasn't actually a real human. They believed that the crucifixion was fake and he never actually died. He just faked it for show. They believed that Jesus isn't God and he's a created semi-God. That matter is evil. Really, that you can do whatever you want because it doesn't matter. Uh, that the Old Testament God was evil because he created a material universe and that people are saved by achieving a secret knowledge. So this is what's happening in the setting as Paul is writing this letter to Colossae. He's saying, don't be deceived by the philosophies of this world, by what people are trying to capture from the word. They're trying to capture from what's happening. They're making up their own ideas and philosophies for you to live by. And I kind of have this example. It's a terrible example, so bear with me. But, but far too many people, us included today, put on the lens of the world and how we see the world and how we feel the world and what news is telling us and what politics say and our stance on politics. And it is our view of how we view everything in this life. And when you put the lens of the world on before anything else, you begin to view things through the lens of the world. So you look at scripture and you begin to make judgment calls according to the culture or according to the vibes of culture or according to your feelings. You begin to make judgment calls. That's why some churches down the road have a pride flag hanging in the window because they've made the decision to say, I'm gonna adapt God's word through the lens of what I think the world says rather than what the word says. Are you with me, church? That's why different Christians can stand for abortion because they can say, I'm going to look through the lens of the world and how it makes me feel rather than being into Christ. And can I tell you, you will only ever be lost, broken, confused when your lens is the world rather than the word. But can I tell you today, there's something powerful that Christians need to do. And I believe some people have lost this, but today I pray it's a reminder for you. There's something that needs to take place for all of us that we need to be people that look through the lens of the word before we look to the world. The lens of the word should be the director. The lens of the word should show us how we stand on politics. The lens of the word should show us how we should have convictions, what our morals are, what's right and what's wrong, and how we stand in this society. And you know what's the most beautiful thing when the word is our lens? People don't see you, they see God. People don't see you, they see the light of Christ. We're meant to be invisible. My prayer is that all of us leave here today rooted and established in Christ. And that when people look at you, they go, I see Jesus in you. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. He's called us to love people as he loved people.
It's in Jesus you'll find your completion. You won't find it in anything else. No relationship, no feelings or affirming in your beliefs, no course, no spouse, no job, no 401k, no guru, no house, no friends, no government, no knowledge, no happiness, no cash in your pocket, no car, no next new Apple product. Nothing will satisfy you. Jesus is the completion of our lives. He's the completion and no one else. I'm gonna invite the band up. Paul really rounds it out in verse nine. This idea of being in Christ. He says, for in Christ, all of the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Fullness. I just feel like humanity is constantly looking for fulfillment. How can I be fulfilled? You get home from work, how can I be fulfilled? How can I please myself? How can I do this thing? And right here, I just love how simple this is made for us in verse 10. In Christ, you've been brought to the fullness. He's the head over every power and every authority. Our response when we hear something like this, I believe should be Hebrews 12 too. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Are you with me, church? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Come on, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we receive death to self. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we receive death to desires. We receive death to preference, death to world philosophy, death to pride. And last week, there's a scripture that was read that I really believe debunks Gnosticism, debunks the idea of the earthly philosophy, wisdom, all these things, and it brings it right back here, and it says that the Son is the image of God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the first born from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. So if we believe that to be true, there's an offer to every believer today to make the choice to say my life will be in Christ. Would you stand to your feet? He's above it all. He's in it all. He's through it all, and he loves every single one of us. He loves you. That's the beautiful thing about this is like, we're not just laying it down with nothing in return. We're laying it down because there's someone who loved us first, who cared for us first who had hope for your future first. And today we have the opportunity just to offer up an, a moment for anybody in this room who 
hasn't given your life to Jesus in return. I'd ask everybody to bow their heads quickly. And simply, I would just ask this question. Today, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, you wanna make him Lord over your life, master of your life, you're ready to lay it all down and have your life in him. Today, we're gonna give a moment for you to make a response. Simply this, I'm gonna count to three, and at the count of three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand as a simple response of saying, I wanna give my life to Jesus. One, know that God loves you so much. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation, so don't wait any longer. Three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? You wanna give your life to Jesus. I see your hand. I see your hand, hallelujah. I see your hand, yes, Lord. You wanna live your life in Christ all the days of your life and on to eternity. I see your hand in the back, yes, beautiful. Yes, I see your hand in the back, amen. Come on, I see your hand right there, that's beautiful. Anybody else, let's give a moment longer. I wanna live your life in Christ. Well, we're gonna pray a prayer together right now. I'd ask everybody to look up at me. And this prayer is really founded in the word and it just simply means that we're confessing with our mouths and believing that Jesus is Lord and that he died for us. It's a declaration. It's a taking a stand for yourself. But we ask all believers to say it with you because we want to celebrate with you and we believe that we're all sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But if you raise your hand, all six of you that raise your hand, I just would ask that uh, you would pray this from the bottom of your heart and mean every single word. So right now, would you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are Lord. I surrender completely to your will. Today I choose to walk with you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate the six people that are in Christ, that have eternity written on their lives? Church, come on, can we celebrate this? This is why we're alive. Hallelujah. You just made the best decision of your entire life, and we are so grateful that we get to be in the room, that we get to support you, we get to partner you. It's why we are alive. And so that you could have raised your hand today. So church, what's the call now? It's time to be rooted. It's time to be established in Christ. Not in the ways of this world, not in our ideas, not in our feelings, not what we're into. Come on, we are in Christ. Eternally, we are in Christ. Forever, we are in Christ. We are established in Christ. We found our hope in Christ. We found our purpose in Christ. There is nothing that satisfies but Christ. Come on, we know, we know, we know that it's in Christ and in nothing else. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.